0: welcome to the battleground wisconsin my name is matt Ruskin and i'm the deputy director here at citizen action wisconsin and welcome to another beautiful fall election weekend here in wisconsin i am joined by robert craig our executive director here at citizen action robert good to have you with us
1: uh, happy late fall everyone it looks like it's transitioning to fall today this is today being thursday for us
0: oh yes but robert Saturday and Sunday I like to call those get out volunteer canvassing days look gorgeous we're talking about 60s and sunny on Saturday so folks we're going to talk more about it later in the show Uh, it is important you get out and volunteer and we are in we're in go time ballots are out it is get out the vote time we need to be out talking to voters we have direct experience that they are movable We're going to be talking with Don Dunphy later in the show. Don's a member of the Citizen Action North Central Organizing Co-op and a former Lincoln County District Attorney who has been working for over two years on our deep canvas and is essentially now a professional canvasser. And he's uh, skilled in particular at talking about the othering that the other side has been doing. And we're going to talk with Don later in the show about his work on our canvas and why it's important you get involved or at a minimum, please donate and so we can grow that canvas and win this election. But Robert, we got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of election stuff to talk about uh, before we are joined by Don. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to talk to you about Tim Michaels' proposal for a flat tax. Just that can't go without comment. Uh, Ron Johnson, Robert continues to deny the January 6th with an arm's direction. I shouldn't chuckle. It actually just is. It speaks to the seriousness of what's at stake in the election. We're going to talk more about that. And Robert, I just this idea of a snap audit, I think uh, the, the senator demonstrated he does not understand uh, probably election law, much less the audit process, but uh, might want to get your comments on that. We're also going to talk about abortion. It is becoming the defining issue in this election, and uh, Democrats are certainly uh, doubling down on it. And we'll talk more about that. Uh, in the show. Also, the C- CR Club released a, a big report this week about how utilities across the country, quite frankly, are slow walking uh, the clean energy transition. But uh, here in Wisconsin, our utilities uh, got Ds and Fs. And uh, Robert, we're going to talk more about that and other issues uh, related to energy. Um, Robert, let's start with the flat tax. <laughs> I I I sh- again I chuckle because <laughs> it's so bad, and yet it's being seriously proposed this week by Tim Michaels. Um, let me—I re- should never just say the gentleman's name. It should always be Trumped back millionaire Tim Michaels is proposing a tax that would, well, shall we say, make him pay the same tax rate as you, me, and every struggling person in the state. Robert, this seems like a wonderful idea for a millionaire.
1: Apparently, it's now okay to uh, enact policies that help you over everyone else. We had that with Ron Johnson and the special loophole he held out for to help two billionaires that have
0: prerequisite, funded. Robert. It actually it. demonstrates your high
1: capacity
0: uh, to deliver to the base.
1: And apparently, that's okay. So there's all this concern, there's a lack of connecting the dots. Republicans and don't want us to connect the dots. So taxes are too high, we're gonna lower them, but we're gonna do it in a regressive way, right? Regressive meaning those who are doing the best get more and those who are doing in the middle of the worst get less or nothing. So that's for starters. Second, the revenue base has been under attack for the state uh, since Walker got power and there are great concerns about school funding. This makes it so you can't have money for schools, for healthcare, for climate transition, uh, uni- uh, for a higher education system, which has been badly underfunded over the last, and, and our tech college system. So it's just another way, uh, part of the Republican conspiracy against progressive government by saying we're going to make sure there's no money and in fact to make that adds insult to injury injury we're actually going to give it back to the people who have the most among us
0: robert to me when i saw this i was like okay he is a radical this was the he's it 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 actually and we'll talk more about this as abortion as an issue Um, where he's clearly a radical. And I'll just say the ads that I think are running are powerful uh, to that and and sending a very clear message that are being run against him on that. And for this reason, the flat tax demonstrates that he's serious about his education plan, which folks, if you haven't heard, right, and we've talked about it, dude wants to privatize everything. I mean, he's all for essentially getting rid of well, public education, as we know it, uh, universal vouchers, which I mean is a horrendous idea, but hey, if you're gonna, you know, start to massively underfund one of the most important things that the state government does, and that is critical to our democracy, our amazing public education system, well, you know, a flat tax would probably uh, belie that you're serious about that, and you're gonna need to cut revenue, Robert.
1: And it pairs perfectly. Ron Johnson says that the answer to crime is universal vouchers. So you notice how untethered all of the positions of Tim Michaels or Ron Johnson are to actual any factual information or understanding how government works. And it's a prerequisite almost not to understand how things work. uh, To be Republican politicians these days and to be able just to campaign on emotional triggers, cultural divisions. Uh, there, We've had, we were the first state to do a massive voucher program. It has failed. Uh, it has enriched a number of, of uh, private entities that have dipped at the public trough. It's allowed them to cherry pick what students they want to educate. And even then they don't produce better results once you actually factor in demographic factors. And so, but we're going to double down and do some more and continue to undermine the public school system why because apparently they're so radical matt that they don't believe in one of the great contributions of the united states to the world that was universal free public education in the 19th century an era without the reputation for progress that we had in the 20th century they want to roll it back yeah robert
0: the absurdity right that johnson would try to assert this as something to cr- uh cutting crime it's almost laughable but unfortunately you also mentioned that this stuff doesn't have to be tethered to truth or fact um and and, and the base will eat this stuff up and i'm sure there's plenty of people running around making that argument this weekend on doors in a conservative borough near you robert i wanted to get your uh thoughts on also ron johnson's comments again this week he Spoke to the Milwaukee Rotary, which is a wonderful uh place to go <laughs> trying to make arguments that you deny that the January 6th was an armed insurrection. Uh, it's it just folks, this is very clear where this guy lies. And again, he has deep backing for Trump. We've talked about what he tried to do on January 6th with the fake electors here in Wisconsin. Um there is. Uh, folks like uh, Ron Johnson, they tell you exactly what they're going to do, and it's very disturbing, um, Robert, your thoughts that he and by the way, the Milwaukee Rotary, it just it does not s- <laughs> seem like the right place where you lay down, but it demonstrates he's uh, true about feeling this way.
1: I think I spoke at the Rotary once at the invitation of your dad, uh, Matt. So uh, I
0: think you're mistaking that with the Kiwanis. My Kiwan- father was. Oh, a Wauwatosa. okay, okay. But I think I think Is I spoke
1: per- at the Rotary too, but it was not your dad. Okay, I apologize yeah, yeah, yeah. for that. Um, I can
0: I can let you know my father's uh, the inner Rotary versus Kiwanis critiques. They're quite comical, and I'll let you know they have to do with doers versus donors.
1: <laughs> so it's a fact-free zone again, but it's amazing how Ron Johnson is very revealing, right? It wasn't good politics to say, ah, I think we should put Social Security and Medicare on the chopping block. That was not a political ploy. That was what, how the man thinks. And now we have, ah, the insurrection wasn't so bad. In fact, he said they stayed within the rope lines. It's sort of like (laughs) You see, do you want someone governing where facts don't matter? And this is where I wanna call out the people who claim facts matter. PolitiFact gave Mandela Barnes a mostly false for saying that um, uh, Ron Johnson would ban abortion. He co-sponsored the bill that gives (laughs) fetuses full human rights. Why is this? And so how are we clarifying an election that is a complete piling trash heap of junk and confusion? how is political fact clarifying everything with these meandering little, the way they cut the factual claim and decide on their their judgment? They're incapable of saying, well, the overall thrust of all the crime ads dominating the airwaves, the pre-fascist looking ads, it's like a a pre-fascist dystopia in Wisconsin if you turn on the TV that they are a big lie overall, that there is this level of crime rate, this level of threat that Mandela Barnes or Democrats have done anything to spur this. It's just a complete lie, and then it, flip fact, well, you know, what? little AB 3250 maybe, like, what are you doing?
0: Well, and the other thing is, right, they have this politifact, and, and this is sort of the mainstream media, right, which is connected to television, right? These folks the, the owners have made just buckets of money off of this trash, right? A killing Ron Johnson's running an ad right now. That's just simply factual where he says that Mandela Barnes would wants to let violent people out. It just that that's fact. It's not even, there's no way that's factual correct. And it's done to deliberately misrepresent his position that poor people shouldn't be forced nonviolent, offenders shouldn't be forced to sit in jail because they're poor and can't pay bail. That's it. You know, it doesn't apply at all to anyone who's violent or a threat to flee. Doesn't have to get bail. That has nothing to do. And and, and so that they're making tons of money. And these are this is a Ron Johnson ad author. I approve this ad. Well, you know, the ad is completely false. That station is, is taking money for that. We got to take a quick, take a break right back on the other side. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. Robert, on the wonderful uh, discussion and debate and high-minded discussion that's been going on around cash bail
1: <laughs> this election, your thoughts? If we're going to fact check and can we talk about campaigns that are completely unfactual? Uh, so, Mandela. The attack on Mandela Barnes is he want he had a bill. He had a bill they introduced as a state assembly person to eliminate cash bail. It in no way requires you to release dangerous offenders. It's still within the discretion of judges based on the actual risk of a of a, of, a, of someone was who, who has been detained to hold them, just like the status quo. Now, so it's a complete lie that any cash bail is anything to do with Waukesha, and I, and I don't understand how we can't have a January 6th um, uh, proceedings near an election, but we can have this trial uh, right before an election uh, for the the, the, the murderer in the, in the Waukesha parade. While
0: they're running insane, lying yeah. ads, yeah. completely false ads on stations that are reporting then news. And then these ads run. It's outrageous, and a democracy can't function if if the if this continues, where they just are allowed to run stuff that's completely false. It's just not true. And then there's no discussion on the news portion to balance the stuff that they're profiteering off of with any kind of honest discussion of how cash bail works and how it basically. Keeps thousands of poor people, black and white, all colors, stuck in jail, while wealthy people who can pay their bail go on their way. And these are nonviolent offenders, okay? Nonsense. Robert?
1: So Mandela Barnes, this is how, how PolitiFact does not clarify anything, is not providing much of a public service at all, uh, says that the, the, the offender in the Waukesha Parade massacre... Uh, would would not have been released under his plan. Well, that is rated mostly true by Politifact. Why it's only mostly? Why only mostly? Because under the current system, in this system, a judge could still release someone who would do something bad. I'm and then furthermore, think about Politifact. Why did they cut it? Just the Waukesha offender. How about what they're saying about cash bail? in millions of dollars of ads across areas all the time, which is a complete lie. That's not going to be tested by a political fact because that's, that's too big for them. They're, they're going to find some, some size that. chunk. And then they're going to be so We're tepid because they want to be bipartisan that they're going to give something that is a complete falsehood. It does not make Waukesha any more likely than the status quo. So what Mandela says true, and what the Republican operatives and dark money ads and Johnson himself are saying is a lie.
0: Totally, and then of course, Robert, race is all over this because of the not not only the way the ads are being run, but the fact of the matter is Mandela is an African American man who was behind this, and we also know that African Americans and uh, folks of color are disproportionately often the ones who end up stuck in jail, basically because they're poor, nonviolent offenders, uh, and in mm-hmm. Mandela courageously raises this discussion and this is this is what the system results in no discussion it's it's appalling robert got to change the subject i want to get an opportunity to hear from you about the sierra clubs report that came out this week that shows just how appallingly bad the utilities are in this state at making this transition to, to renewable energy, to a clean energy economy, much less a vision that actually we care about that would also redress you know, the, the uh, economic inequality in the current system and use this as an opportunity to create a just economy. Our utilities, which have to be central to this, are just faring poorly, Fs and Ds. Tell us more and why this is so important.
1: So let me rewind it because I feel like the media coverage doesn't contextualize this at all or explain what the system is. So, just in the in the nineteenth century, early twentieth century, privately run utilities were a mess. They, you know, competed with each other. They gave really bad service. They price gouged in the worst ways. It was sort of like the private trolley lines and things like that that led cities to say we got public transit. Okay. But where we landed on utilities in the 20th century was okay. Uh, where we can't have the completely, you know, wild wild west, but we'll have publicly related utilities. I mean, regulated, publicly regulated utilities. The public and public interest would take would be at the top precedent. They'd be able to make reasonable profit. And uh, and they would have a monopoly over an area so that there was, it was clarity that you had one utility and it would be regulated in the public interest. Of course, given the immense wealth and power we created by giving it to them, uh, they have over the years distorted the system and the PSC, the, which regulates them, the, uh, the Public Service Commission, much worse under Republicans, we know Democrats is very concerned about utility profits. You know, they're guaranteed a 10% profit margin on most of investments 12 percent on some they have guaranteed profit so they we've socialized their loss right so we got publicly regulated utility monopolies they're a huge business and in, called investor-owned utilities which is a nice acronym i think iou's interesting thing is they they make much of their money not on actually selling energy They make it on the capital investments in giant plants. So you have to understand them as closer to Wall Street. In other words, getting huge amounts of capital, investing in these things, and then being able to pay it off over years and to depreciate the value of it, all of the tax advantages, et cetera. So they want to build big things like the Oak Creek Power Plant in Milwaukee, okay? The problem for them is is that they don't mind building big new things because they get make even more money. We can get paid off for closing the coal plants. That's why they've said, though they keep moving the deadline, that they're willing to phase down the coal plants. But they want to build also centrally controlled, they control renewable energy, huge wind farms, huge solar farms. What they don't want is that renewable energy actually allows a more democratic energy structure where you have rooftop solar and you have uh, you have highly energy-efficient homes, you need less energy. That's not in their interest. So they are slow-walking climate. Uh, they don't mind doing climate if it pays for them. Otherwise, they don't. They're doing it too slowly, but all the PR they do about their solar energy investments, for example, it's all BS because it's all the ones they want to do, and it's much more expensive to generate the energy centrally and distribute it across a a utility lines that is simply to produce it yourself or not even to have the demand and so that's why they've been standing in the way of a of, of, of a massive renewable energy transition now fast forward matt they're now demanding a large rate increase this year and next year because they need to pay for the renewable energy transition. They're not doing Sierra Club rates them a D though they they won't do it now, but make it profitable and do it slowly, too slowly to meet the climate deadlines. And uh, there was another national report that put them in the bottom quartile, that bottom 25% of utilities as to what they've done on climate. In fact, Wisconsin's state policy has been so bad, we were looking at the effect on the Milwaukee climate plan. This is in preliminary reports they're gonna be coming out. Uh, a lot of states, the cities are are benefited, like states like California or New York. It says uh, states have done this much, so you've reduced emissions, you know, 8% or something. Wisconsin, the state has increased at 13%, so Milwaukee has 13% more to do. That's how bad it's been. Uh, so that's where we are with this rate increase. That's why we're having a big protest next week. But now, Matt, uh, a big deal has been struck with We Energies where... Businesses, actually, the cub, which is which represents ratepayers, and some unions have signed on to a deal that allows them to get a lot of the money they want, and they throw some things our direction. I just got to say, and uh, the people who have not signed on our allies, allies Walnut Way and Clean Wisconsin. They've sat out so far from this deal. Uh, First of all, it's the status quo in that everyone thinks they need to negotiate with we Energy is like they're somehow, some element of government, as opposed to they're supposed to work for us and operate in the public interest when they're not. And secondly, this is not a time for small ball status quo deals. Any deal made with them should require they meet the global climate targets by 2030. And for that, they need to cut fossil fuel emissions, greenhouse emissions by 70% by 2030. They have seven years.
0: Well, Robert, what I'm hearing is a kind of a twofold problem. Both they are trailing miserably just in their ability, in their way of even meeting these goals. But they're also doing it in a way that privileges large scale operations, does not democratize energy generation, which in a in a really sophisticated system, plus also a system a system that would might protect us better. I mean, just as a country, having massive, uh, vulnerable, uh, giant generation systems is always sort of a vulnerability. And it seems like uh, both an equitable and smart thing to do is to have a system that figures out how do you have multiple sources and taps into what in the future is going to be multiple sources. People are going to have the ability and we shouldn't have just massive, huge, huge, You know, only that, uh, only massive generation sites like that. So you have
1: to understand their profit margin and their Wall Street invested firms is the thing. It's this is like health insurance and big pharma. It's the same thing. And people need to understand that. City of Milwaukee wants to dramatically reduce its greenhouse emissions. It tried to use something which a lot of people use called third party financing that would allow it to have its own solar. I won't get into the complexity of, of how it works it's been blocked up here. It's been used. It's used in many, many other states. And it's actually going also before the public uh, service commission, but it's been years because their claim we Energies, is that makes you utility and they've utility monopoly. So what we Energies is saying, you have to use our solar now program, which also has not been approved by the way, which says you pay us to build big facilities. We profit from you, Milwaukee, you can't have your own solar. That is, they have more power than the city of Milwaukee right now. And we're going to be launching a campaign uh, focused on We Energies. We Energies is not only harming low income rate holders because we have a huge, higher disproportionate energy burden on low income households, especially communities of color, that is massive, a huge percentage of their income and cutoffs. 20% of Americans are behind on the utility bills. So a real crisis there. And they're they're quite frankly slowing down the absolutely essential to the stability of human civilization measures we need to take to address the climate crisis. And people need to know they're the ones in the way. And if we take power back, we can take power away from them. You're listening
0: to Battleground, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. Uh, Robert, that was excellent that's kind of a one-on-one uh, discussion on the problems we face and need to get on top of if we're going to make this transition. You mentioned next week that there's going to be, uh, an event that we're going to be a part of here in Milwaukee. Could you just, uh, 30 seconds on it. We're going to, we'll have someone on from Northside rising, uh, co-op here or, or, uh, co-op here in milwaukee that's been working on this uh, to talk more about it next week but just uh, 30 seconds on it robert just so folks can get it on their calendar
1: and just uh for the uninitiated north side rising is citizen actions african-american-led chapter our organizing co-op in the north side of milwaukee so there will be a rally saturday october 15th at noon at, at uh zeidler U- union square uh which is you know downtown Milwaukee uh, to rally for affordable energy. Now we will talk about climate and everything else about We Energies as well. And so it is at noon a week from this Saturday. So it's Saturday, October fifteenth. We would love a big crowd because we don't consider this a one-off event. This is the beginning of revving up public a public campaign to pr- not not really pressure We Energies, but to expose them and to build the political power to contain them and force them to both provide uh, affordable energy because climate because renewable energy is more affordable um not to freaking rig the whole system again just for their own profits and to freaking meet their obligations on, on greenhouse gas reductions
0: so folks again we'll have more on that next week we'll have we'll have a whole section following up and talking a little bit about the event so please get it on your calendar show on up Robert, wanted to talk with you about this election. We're gonna be joined by Don Dunphy very shortly uh, to talk about canvassing and uh, the field program that we have that's talking to independent undecided voters, all kinds of very important voters in this election statewide. But I wanna talk to you about the issue of abortion. Uh, It has essentially uh, become the top issue that Democrats are pushing uh, certainly the last week or two, and have been very public about their intentions to make this election a referendum on abortion. I think they, in, including last week, right, Governor Evers even had an effort to try to get the legislature to take it up. They gaveled in, gaveled out, and then there was a uh, a significant and a, a large media event at the Capitol, uh, with Governor Evers and uh, obviously uh, supporters of abortion rights, Robert, huge issue. Want just want to get your thoughts on it, and uh, both just from it as an importance, but also uh, just strategically uh, at this moment, given what shit show has been going on in terms of what the actual discussion is.
1: Well, you know, it's a strong, powerful issue when you see Ron Johnson's. Uh, genuflecting and waffling on it. Now he wants to call for a referendum, which all of his colleagues in the in, in they all
0: voted against it.
1: Are all against. And so and and you know, Governor Evers <laughs> called a special session, which they gaveled in and out, of course. Uh because they and but this is all part and parcel. I'm not going to say more about the the attack on women's constitutional rights other than this is part of the attack on democracy that an unelected pact US Supreme Court should make this kind of decision and be able to take away constitutional rights and act like a legislature and they've they've they have lifetime appointments. It is a anything, Wisconsin's a very closely balanced state, Matt. So anything that could change turnout or voter preference, you know, how people are going to vote or are going to vote anyway, is critical. What you you it's important. This could be a game changer, but you have to do everything else as well. In other words, because if you don't do the other parts of your job to get out the vote, then it doesn't. It doesn't make the difference. But there is reason to believe that uh, that the Supreme Court decision, the Hobbs decision, and the Republican position on abortion uh, will turn out a lot. Can turn out a lot of new voters and affect this election dramatically. We know that from the Kansas. Uh, referendum, but that was when abortion was on the ballot. We now have a two step. Abortion is only on the ballot if you see voting for Ron Johnson is being voting for banning abortion. Same with Tim Michaels. And that's a different step. Some of the early elections, such as the special election the Democrats won in a swing district in New York, show the translation being made. The translation needs to be made. And you know that they're worried about it given Ron Johnson's uh, defensiveness. And furthermore, And his moving around, now he is trying to claim that he would not be, or in sex, he would not necessarily be for a national abortion ban. The man voted to give fetuses full human rights. Uh, That means a full abortion ban without exceptions, Ron.
0: Well, Robert, that was um, excellent setup. And you're absolutely right. The key defining difference here is that it is not a referendum on the ballot. It's exactly why Evers did what he did, why Johnson is saying what he's saying, um, and why it is so important and why I think this is actually a a critically important strategy for Democrats um, to, to, to push intensively all the way through because this issue is, first of all, it's effing real and it's appalling. Rights have been taken away. Fundamental rights have been taken away from a majority of people in our society and quite frankly from all of us because we all well i don't care what gender you are suffer when when with what's happened with the decision in row this issue also stands in for a number of other issues that we've talked about in terms of just not truly being democratic in terms of the governance that's being offered by Ron Johnson and Tim Michaels for example in our state but the Republican party right now and and Don Dunfield talk about it more later democracy just small d democracy on the ballot you're right your fundamental rights your your fundamental rights as an american and so this issue stands in whether you're a woman or whether you're a man whatever your gender is but it also strategically damn well matters uh, about women voting and democrats are ready generally when, when things go well, generate a significant gender gap. And that's how often elections are won. And what the hell like, could be a better issue to be talking about that's, that's fundamentally real. And quite frankly, the Democratic Party has some accountability or culpability, whatever the word is in the situation we're in, and needs to actually stand for something fundamental that really is on the ballot and that can win the election. And what's been going on in this country we all know it it's uh Trump has tapped in and rural areas have become much more of a struggle um, working class folks no matter what race uh, Trump and that group is going after however the suburbs have moved rapidly and the gender women have moved against this party and that's what needs to happen uh there needs to be uh continued democratic growth in the suburbs all suburbs not just Milwaukee but Suburbs of Eau Claire and Green Bay and La Crosse all over the state, right? And of course, um, Dane County continues to just grow and grow as a Democratic base in their turnout. If it's historic, um, that's what this issue could generate, should generate. Uh, I know it's not the only issue. There's a lot of things on, but I, I think it's absolutely right to, quote, make it a referendum, because we can't have an actual referendum. And it's been demonstrated, as Robert pointed out, Kansas is an Kansas and that New York congressional race—that's all you need to know about how this issue plays. If you can make it a referendum on it, so I think it's a smart electoral uh, move, and I also think it's the right thing to do from just core-up values and what's at stake. Robert,
1: well, here's here's the challenge. Well, first of all, I'll say one thing on the moral part: it's just politics for the right. It's just about mobilizing their base. I mean, the Southern Baptist Church wasn't officially anti-abortion until well after Roe v. Wade. It became a way to build political power. And that's the way the Republican party has gone. And Herschel Walker this week, uh, who would he would like to serve with Ron Johnson and they could work together, uh, became yet another uh, pro allegedly pro-life, you know, political leader. Um, or powerful person who paid for an abortion when it involved them and an unwanted pregnancy. Uh, All politics, all hypocrisy.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, And what do I always talk about? I love to talk about authoritarian leaders and the rule of law does not apply to them. It only applies to their opponents. This is, again, it fits into all this narrative, again, why this issue is important and that Herschel Walker, and it impacts us all. I just said, that's why, like, we, we all lose rights, right? Like Herschel Walker even would lose the right that he clearly availed him and the partner availed themselves of. I don't begrudge him for that. So, it shows me, me he's a normal human being, but he's a hypocrite and should not be in office, should
1: not so be trusted. It is not crass then to move to the politics and the horse race because only winning elections can we restore this constitutional right these are not separate things. This idea of politics, dirty, but I have values. You want to accomplish values? You have to freaking win elections. And so people, if if they care about this, need to turn out. Uh, so, But here's the question, right? You know, we tried to agenda setting at CISNational Wisconsin in a plucky sort of way, you know, with our allies. We helped the elect introduce really interesting bills that get attention, right? And then campaign on them. Uh, the, we, the, in the... Uh, Posts United World of Dark Money. They have another way. Let's spend $50 million on TV. And so they have tried to make the only issue crime. So really, this is a code switch question because quite frankly, there is not a criminal wave of immigrants. And if you look at the ads, it's all scary black people rampaging the state. There has been a fundamental constitutional right taken away. And what's hilarious is Ron Johnson said, Medella um, Barnes launched he just launched a tour on uh, on abortion rights and, and uh, overturning Roe v. Wade. He's trying to change the subject from the the real public concern crime. You mean the fake generated one that your billionaire buddies and corporations ha- are besieging us with, trashing our airwaves so that people feel like they don't want to vote. I was on the uh, uh, doing the deep canvas uh, Wednesday night and there are some people who want to wash their hands of elections. So this works, this demoralizes people or just like, this is awful, I'm not having to do with it. Well, without understanding who's behind trashing the airwaves and trying to distract public attention. One way to understand the sleazy, racist, dog whistling crime ads, the endless ones that you can't escape, is they're trying to change the subject from uh, a constitutional right that they had a conspiracy to remove and succeeded in achieving very recently with their pact US Supreme Court.
0: Before we go to break, I'm going to remind you all this democracy is a participatory sport. Robert just mentioned he was making calls, and you need to do that too. We have got calls for you every Wednesday night. We're also adding Sunday nights. We'll have a link where you can click on and go sign up. I think you ought to. Try to challenge yourselves and get on the doors, too. It's going to be gorgeous this Saturday. We are in Eau Claire. We're in Wausau. We're in Green Bay. We're in Milwaukee. We're in Greenfield. Please come out. Join us. Volunteer. Go hit some doors. I will be at Greenfield. If you want to meet me, I'll be there at 10 a.m. to head out on some doors. We're also going to be talking about Luann Bird, Kristen Conway, Jeff Smith christina shelton a whole bunch of other great state legislative candidates folks please get involved democracy's participatory sport you need to and if not you damn well better donate then so we can expand some folks who actually want to go out and make those calls and do the doors please uh, donate to expand our canvas we're going to be joined by don dunphy who's actually out there doing the work and has been doing it for two and a half years with citizen action you're listening from the battleground wisconsin for Citizen Action, you can find us at citizenaction.di.org. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. We are very fortunate to be joined by Don Dunphy. We mentioned he was going to join us earlier in the show. Don is a member of Citizen Actions, North Central Organizing Co op, and uh, has been working on our paid field program for over two years. Don, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Well, thank you, Matt. Um, I'm, I'm excited to uh, tell people about the work we're doing in the, on the field team. Well, well, you should be because it's to me, it's some of the most important work that's gone on the last two years. And I actually think it's absolutely critical to winning this election. Uh, Don, tell our listeners a little bit about what you're doing, what you've been doing for two years and um, why, why it's so important. Well, it's uh, extremely
2: important because our democracy is at risk, and one of the things that really puts it at risk is the way that the anti-democratic elements among us, I'm not going to name any names, but the way that they try to divide us up along lines of race and residence and uh, gender and and whatnot, and um, what we've been doing on the field team for the last Two and a half years is um, engaging in conversations with people over the phone, and we're not like the robocalls you hear uh, so often uh, during uh, election season. We uh, do our best to have a, a full conversation with people, and um, you know, once we once we get on the phone, we actually uh, um, ask people. What motivates them to vote, for instance, if an election is coming up or what are the most important issues in their life now? Because we wanna bring it around to discussions about things like healthcare and um, environmental issues and things like that. And we wanna get people talking about what matters to them and have their story uh, brought to us and we then tell our own stories. We, you know, all of us have experienced things around health care, environmental issues, and, and things like that. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to think about how well, many issues we dealt with.
0: Well, that's but. just it, Don. No matter what the issue, though, I think, and I, I'd like you to talk more about that. The key being, these are longer conversations where you tell a little bit about who you are and your story in order to get them to tell, to share a little bit, right? Which is usually part of the problem. We generally jump to here's what our candidate has to say and why it's important as opposed to like, here's why I'm making these calls to you today. Why I think this is super important in getting them to engage. Talk more about that. Cause to me, that's a secret sauce and that can lead to a 30, 45 minute conversation. Yes,
2: uh, well, uh, it certainly can. And what we do is people respond uh, to to life stories, to human interest type stories. And um, if you can tell a story from your own experience and tell it vividly, uh, tell people what impact it had on your life, um, like a health crisis that you were on a, unable to afford um, to pay for or, or things like that, it, it draws people out. And all of a sudden you're having a person to person conversation and they're telling you about their life. You're telling them about your life. And then you try to bring it around to, you know, uh, I think that no matter where we're from or what race we belong to, or what our gender might be, um, we all pretty much want the same things when it comes to healthcare or the environment or um, taxes or whatever it is that's important. And, <clears throat> you know, kind of dwell on the similarities between um, people from Milwaukee and people from Hurley. Uh, if you can make that connection, that starts to break down some barriers. We want people to feel like they're part of a community that includes all of Wisconsin, not just their particular um, neighborhood. Having done that, we then uh, move on to um, talking about solutions. If we're not talking about an election, we we ask them what uh, for a particular action, like signing a petition or calling their their congressperson or calling uh, somebody else that's in power, letting them know that what they want is a constituent. So um, that is essentially the method.
0: Don, I think, um, first of all, I really appreciate you taking the time to tell us, you know, sort of how how this works. Um, The other thing that I just want to get your comments on, because I think it's really important, is is who you're talking to, right? And who uh, we're targeting with this program. Um, it's it's an important mm-hmm. mix of, and we've been talking to them all year and intensely since the primary ended, both undecided and independent voters, right? Which we know is a very small group of people and they're hard to find, but when you do, they're great conversation. Also some some folks that may or may not show up and need to be motivated. Um, very Two very important groups of voters. I heard, you know, I know you You had commented to me that, look, you're a former Lincoln County District Attorney. That is a very important Oops. position. Uh, yet you think this, this work that you've been doing the last few years is some of the most important work you've done in your life. Tell me more about that. Well, like, because... We need we need more volunteers, Don. We need more people like you for out. Um, you don't have to be a perfect speaker. You could even be nervous. I went out last weekend with a guy who described himself as an introvert, and that was true. Uh, but he shared his a bit about himself. Tell us more just why do you feel this work so important? Well, here's the reason.
2: As I mentioned earlier, I think that our democracy is very much under threat. I, I really uh, am uh, uh, dismayed at the way that um, uh, those in power are trying to suppress votes, uh, those in power are trying to uh, make it so uh, it's legal uh, to do something other than count votes, you know, just to declare who the, the delegates are. And uh, it's time for a change. And we need to get people uh, motivated to to make those changes is very important. And this is a real crisis in our uh, history. And the reason I think it's it's at least as important, if not more than the work that I did as district attorney is because you know w- when you're working as a district attorney or an attorney of any kind or a, or a doctor, you're taking things on a case by case basis, trying to solve a particular problem. Uh, and some of them are very important. However, a democracy is what makes the whole community work. And um, if we lose that, uh, so many of the other things will uh, go away. Um, we need to have a, a, a community that is engaged in their government. It's not politics. They must be engaged in their government. Uh, if you don't like politics, just keep in mind that uh, politics doesn't go away, and the people that do get it put into power are going to have an effect on your life. Um,
0: Don, uh, so that—that's that, that's why I
2: think it's important.
0: That's well stated. I—I I, I share what you what you just said there. I've been—we talked about it on this podcast the last couple of years. This is, I keep saying it, this is the first election since the insurrection, the first national election, and democracy is on the ballot, and I believe that over the next two years, and this is the first of two elections that are going to determine whether we actually have a functioning democracy or if we move the way towards autocratic uh, government where we may not actually have a democratic election to participate in again uh, if we don't take it seriously. So thank you. Thank you for spending two and a half years of your life. You could have been retired. I know, Don, it has not been an easy two years for you personally either. And so we deeply appreciate the commitment that you've put into this work and others. There's been others who have been doing this for two and a half years. We think it's um, a fundamentally important contribution to to democracy. So, And thank you for coming on today and sharing with our listeners. Thank you so much, uh,
2: Matt. And um, maybe we'll do this again sometime.
0: Absolutely, Don. We'll have to debrief after the election. Um, I can tell you, win or loss, this work is critical over the next 10 years to change the state and to fight what we've been experiencing. Folks, we may this may not work out, this election cycle, because of the trash and the volume and the just the environment. But like, we have to have these conversations. Thank you, Don. Thank you so much. Uh, But with that, we have got to wrap up this battleground, Wisconsin. We're going a little long, but that's okay. It's been a great conversation with Don. Folks, please donate we're gonna have a donate link we want to expand this uh this canvas we're also on the doors we would like to expand some full-time capacity with these conversations also please go click the donate link go on support don's work support us and more importantly come out and volunteer go click the volunteer link we're out every saturday weekend we're on the phones wednesday and now sunday nights please volunteer folks with that we gotta go thank you don dunphy for being here and thank I you see. We'll see you next week here at the Battleground Wisconsin.